Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. One of the goals of this show is to help you connect the dots on what is happening in the economy. Today's show is not strictly about real estate. However, we've seen central banks in the US, Canada, Europe, and the UK all raising interest rates to combat inflation. The supposedly strong economy has been the context for these rate increases. On today's show, I'm going to share some data with you that will hopefully convince you beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're already in a global downturn, which will cause central bankers to flip from restrictive monetary policy to stimulative monetary policy. There is no soft landing in this story. It's a hard landing, and there's no question in my mind that we're already there. We're talking about how the result of globalization is a global economy. We've got central bankers acting as if they're central bankers, and in truth, they're really just regional bankers within the context of the global economy. Even the Federal Reserve, which is not technically a central bank, but that's more of a technical argument, even the Federal Reserve is a regional bank at best in the global scheme of things. The problem is that the economists at the Fed behave as though the U.S. economy is self-contained, could be isolated from the rest of the global economy. And this is a fundamental flaw in thinking, which results in massive policy errors, including the latest interest rate policy increases. So we have a global economy, and we are seeing a synchronized global slowdown. One of the bellwethers is shipping giant Maersk, who just announced their second quarter financials. In that, they reported that ocean revenue decreased to $8.7 billion U.S. dollars from $17.4 billion U.S. dollars, driven by a decrease in freight rates and load volumes. While the volume and rate environment stabilized to a lower level during Q2, they wrote in their financial statements, Ocean continued to be impacted by lower demand, driven by a significant inventory correction, in particular North America and Europe. A strong cost management allowed the company to partially offset the top-line impact on financial performance. Not only have the numbers declined, but global shipping giant Maersk guided that their revenue forecast would be down a further somewhere between 1% and 4% between now and the end of the year, from today's already staggeringly weak numbers. It's increasingly clear that we're in a synchronized recession. Of even greater concern is deflation. But before we discuss deflation, I think it's important to start with a definition of two words that sound similar, but are actually quite different. I'm going to draw a distinction between the word deflation and the word disinflation. Disinflation is what happens when the rate of consumer price index falls. So, for example, we've seen consumer price index drop from a high of about 9% 11 months ago to approximately 3% that was reported in the month of July. That fall in the rate of inflation is called disinflation. Deflation, on the other hand, is the opposite of inflation as it relates to consumer prices. And we are already seeing a significant drop in commodity prices. We're seeing a drop in producer prices. Both of these form part of the food chain that will eventually trickle into consumer prices. The biggest bellwether of all is China. China is at the center of the global economic system. And China's economy is accelerating to the downside. They're reporting some truly alarming numbers on some very key metrics. Exports fell 14.5% year over year in July. China's exports to the United States are down by 23.1%. You might think that's geopolitical tensions, but there's more to it. Imports to China fell 12.4% year over year in the month of July. China also confirms, along with Saudi Arabia, weak demand for oil. Imports to China from Japan are down 14.7%. Imports to China from South Korea are down 23%. China's exports to Europe are down by 20.6% year over year. 
China's exports to Asia are down 21.4%. And China's imports from Russia are down 8% even though they want to help out the Russians. A lot of that import activity is oil. They just can't even consume it. And from these numbers we can conclude the reduction in trade is not just about geopolitical tensions. This is a globally synchronized recession. And for some reason, you're not hearing about it from U.S. officials, you're not reading about it in the Wall Street Journal, you're just not hearing about it in Western media. Producer prices have been contracting on a year-over-year basis since October of 22, largely due to falling prices in commodities like coal and crude oil. Falling producer prices have been hitting industrial and upstream profits, specifically commodities. Unlike the temporary decline in late 2020 and early 21, the drop in consumer prices this time around is a bigger cause for concern. Back then it was narrowly concentrated in things like pork prices. Today it's very broadly based. China has problems domestically as well. They've experienced several years of speculative construction, which is now ground to a halt. A prolonged downturn in China's property sector has cut prices for rent, for furniture, and home appliances. There's significant oversupply for housing in China, which combined with falling population resulting from China's one-child policy is going to mean a period of prolonged softness in housing and local consumer demand. So China is more dependent on exports than ever to support the local economy. And if there's one thing China knows how to do, it's to compete on prices. They will drop prices to stimulate demand, which means falling prices, which means deflation. So we are entering a period of deflationary recession. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.